7 a.m. In Los Angeles, California, and up and down the West Coast. 10 a.m. in Cornwall, Connecticut, New York, New York, Jacksonville, Florida, and Key West, Florida. In London, England, it's 3 p.m. Mumbai, India, 7.30 in the evening. And in Kyoto, Japan, it's 11 o'clock at night. Here in Malaysia, it's 1984. I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> Evening. Hello. Welcome in across Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv, and Rumble.com. Our Jay Sheldon channel over there on Rumble.com is a brand new live outlet. We're here every uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday nights at 10 Malaysian time. And uh, also, we are a podcast. The audio-only portion of our show goes out short time, minutes, really, after uh, we're done with the live stream video show. If uh, you want to see any of the stuff that we talk about or my ugly mug, you can do that. All of our replays are on rumble.com, also on YouTube and Facebook, so you can check them out. Just subscribe. It's always free. There's no cost at all. If you would like to spend a very small little bit of your money. You can do that to help support the show and me at patreon.com slash Sheldon. Also, a tip of the hat and a high to Debbie Wright, who does the podcast Never Too Late. You'll hear her little promotional announcement at the front of our show on our podcast, and we're doing a little cross-promotion here, so we want to welcome you to go and check out Debbie's podcast Never Too Late. Very cool podcast. And give her a subscribe also over there and a download. All right. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, coming up on the show tonight, water, water everywhere, except when we really damn need it. I'll explain about that in a little bit. Also, an amazing story about a guy who went from, uh, what was he? Street sweeper. And now he speaks 11 languages. Never, never make fun of the people who don't have what you would consider a prestigious job. In some cases, they're a lot smarter than you or me. All right, we'll get to that. Also, a friend of mine who I, I'm convinced is involved in the Squid Games. I'm almost sure of it. Right, JJ? We'll talk about that coming up in just a bit. Right now, though, it's time. Miko Update. <laughs> Miko Update. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, this actually, these pictures, again, if you're listening to the podcast, sorry, go to rumble.com slash jsheldon. You can see the show. Um, these pictures I took this afternoon about, I don't know, one, two o'clock, I think. Um, this is the little lady. She's doing great. She's downstairs sleeping right now. I don't know why she's not upstairs in the bedroom in the air con, because it's about a thousand degrees here in Malaysia. It has been for the past week. It doesn't get any cooler at night. It's just oppressively hot. Obviously, when you're wearing a fur coat like this, uh, you know, it gets even worse. But she is such a mugger for the camera. She just posed perfectly. And uh, let's see. Oh, there, there's, the, there's the looking away shot. The staring into blank space shot. 
Nah, she's doing great, though. Thank you for those of you who have uh, called and or rather messaged or sent an email. If you want to email the show, by the way, you got suggestions, things to talk about. Uh, you want to make a comment about something. Uh, no pants at jsheldon.com. I read all your emails and I answer them all. JJ Cha has joined the group. <laughs> JJ. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about you coming up in a little while here on the show. Uh, right now, Miko updates. She's doing well. Everything is fine. It appears that her shedding season is mostly over. So uh, she's actually a lot less hair scattered all over the house than we've had for the past um, two or three weeks. I think it's been unbelievable. But uh, anyway, so she's well. She may pop into the show later on. She comes in here for some water we keep. And uh, it's because she's a cool dog. Yes, I think you're right, Serena. Hello. Welcome into uh, Serena Lee, our crazy friend there who keeps us in stitches most of the time and whose stuff I steal all the time for my show. I don't know if I've got anything from you tonight or not, but uh, we'll see. Um, all right. So just a quick update on the pandemic situation uh, here in Malaysia. Oh, by the way, I got to tell you this before before I get started. For those of you watching the video, the live stream, uh, I said this last stream, I'll say it again in case you missed it. I'm always honest with my audience. And those of you who are very perceptive may have noticed I'm missing a tooth. Went to the dentist, we had a little issue. I had to have a tooth removed. They are replacing it, but they couldn't do it immediately. So in the meantime, I'm trying to talk without op opening my upper lip. It doesn't always work. So bear with it, okay? I know I look a little freaky with a missing tooth, but hey, it is what it is, and I'm just going to be upfront and honest with you about it. So there you go. All right, so we've opened up in Malaysia to most uh, everywhere and everything. Uh, we assume because it just happened on Monday, people can travel within different states. There was a time here we couldn't even travel within districts. If you don't live in Malaysia, a district is kind of like a county within a state in the US. That's sort of what our districts are like. Um, but now we can travel not only interdistrict, but interstate. So um, my guess is because this is the first weekend, a lot of people have been able to what we call Balik Kampong, which means go back to your hometown, pretty much paraphrasing. Uh, it's going to be nuts on the road. It's going to be crazy, crazy. If, if from KL, the main, main capital city going north, south, east, west, it's just going to be crazy. Uh, the highways have been busy ever since really this week. It's only Wednesday, but they've, they've just been insane, uh, insane busy with uh, traffic. Downtown KL, forget it. It's right back to like two years ago before we ever heard of a word called COVID. Um, anyway, apparently, because things are getting better, our infection numbers are down, our death rates are down, our hospitalizations are down, everything we are, we are thankfully headed into the other side of this thing. By the way, I saw people talking about the numbers and, you know, and I made the post myself on my Facebook that said, you know, the number is never going to be zero. It is never going to be zero anywhere on the planet. It will always, it will always be with us. We will never get rid of this thing. So, you know, prepare for that. 
but you don't have to go nuts crazy. And if the damn media would stop with their fear porn, we could all get on with our lives a lot better. For example, these idiots at Astro Awani, which sadly is a horrendous excuse for a news channel here, among other things in Malaysia, just cannot give up with the fear porn. They think it gets them viewers. All you're doing, Astro Awani, is confusing people and making people panic and be afraid when they don't need to be. So because our numbers are down, of course, they have to twitch, twist the angle. And so now here's one of their headlines today. Ooh, positive cases around the world. Uh, America, Siaracat, which is the U.S., of course, 44 million. India, 33, you know, all this crap. It's like, you know, Astro, seriously, just give it a break. And another headline I saw today from the Malay Mail. And <laughs> while I have to say, mm, I don't know if this is exactly what this uh, M member of parliament from Pakatan said, uh, but the headline is COVID-19 options like vitamin C, Pakatan MP tells the health ministry, don't be so quick to dismiss these cheaper options. I don't think it's an option. I do, however, strongly encourage you to keep up on your vitamins. I myself take a regular vitamin D supplement I try and get out and get the sunshine, which is the best form of vitamin D you can, and that goes a long way to helping so many things. Uh, your immune system, all kinds of good stuff that that sunshine and that vitamin D does. But because we're all inside a lot lately, I've been doing extra few thousand uh, vitamin Ds. I'm not a doctor. I'm not prescribing anything for you, but uh, vitamin D is another one. And again, you know, the health ministry itself, thankfully here in Malaysia, did a great job. They've been doing a, a really turnaround sort of job, especially now uh, Kyrie is at the helm. And uh, he has, in fact, encouraged people, which we should have been doing all along, to stay healthy, eat healthy, get exercise, get out in the fresh air and sunshine, stay healthy, be cautious, be careful, practice your SOPs. But it's great to see the health ministry and KJ himself actually encouraging people to look at their lifestyle, look at their health, look at the things they do, their activity level. Brilliant. Serena, I remember your newspaper that headed the highways will be busier once they open up. Yeah, exactly. It did say that. And it is already happening. So, yeah, it's not going to take long. Okay. Uh the water. As I just said a few minutes ago, it's been about a thousand degrees here for the last week or two. The heat, look, it's Malaysia. It's always hot. No surprise there, right? But for the past week or two, it has been just oppressively hot. And true to form, there's a water shortage. Now, Thank my lucky stars, it has not affected us here at my place. I am one of the few areas that was not affected, but a ton of areas was affected. Take a look at this. Here's a list of the locations around uh, Selangor, that's the state that I live in, where there have been outages. No water, zero. No running water, no showers, no nothing. Look at this. I'm not going to read through everything, but um, take a look here. Here's the list. This is just one page. 
of the areas without water. And it could in some cases last until the 16th. That's another three days. More, more areas. TTDI, Kampong Baru Subang. The, the list, look at this. Kota Damansara, section 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And it goes on and on and on and on. This is thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people affected by this. Look, look at this. It doesn't stop. These are not repeat pages. These are new pages I am keep going through here. There you go. That's insane. And chili sauce. I think this is in our show notes. If it's not, I'll put it there. Uh, chili Sauce did a great article. It says, why is Selangor still suffering from water supply disruptions even after 10 years? You want to go ahead, hat tip over to the folks at uh, chilisauce.my where you'll find this, uh, this article. And uh, if you ever had to choose between no electricity or water for a month, which would you choose? They've got a little poll going here. You can't charge your phone, uh, turn on the AC on those hot muggy nights, but at least you're able to shower and wash your sigh and drink. <laughs> the effects of uh, water supply disruptions goes beyond sticky armpits and dirty toilets. Uh, may affect the economy, cause epidemics, generally be a great pain in the ass. They said tushy, I said ass. Uh, uh, it's just insane. And, uh, yeah, Chili Sauce does some rather interesting memes when they do articles. But um, back in 2018, they first wrote an article where half a million people in Selangor had to go without water for seven days. And now in October 2020, still, and here we are one more time, having a water problem in Selangor. Something really needs to be done. It is insane. In fact, this was great. Some, someone from the Facebook page, uh, it's called Meanwhile in Malaysia. We're celebrating water being found on the moon. But a significant portion of the retweets on this, this is from Twitter, are from people in Selangor, Malaysia, experiencing a major water supply disruption because of pollution in raw water sources. We're not even meeting basic water needs on this planet, never mind celebrating finding it on Mars. Yeah, or on the moon. It's 2021, folks. It's almost 2022. We're over 20 years into this whole new, you know, millennia. You think we could maybe fix basic need problems like water? You think? Anyway, check out the article at uh, chilisauce.my. It's, it's an eye-opener. It really is. <laughs> All right, enough complaining about the serious stuff. It's time to move on to the fun stuff. I told you in my last stream that I gave up on Squid Games. I just think at, at this point in my life... That kind of excessive, ridiculous violence, I'm just not in the mood for it anymore. You know, I like a good shoot 'em up good Bruce Willis film. Matrix, I'm looking forward to the new one. 
I don't know, Squid Games just didn't keep me engaged enough. Interesting storyline, interesting concept, but the violence was just so... Look, and I'm not a prissy little, oh, it's too violent, believe me, I'm not. But it was just so gratuitous and unnecessary. And I just, you know, at the scene where they had to cut up the cookies or cut out the shape from the cookies and then they started blowing everybody away, it was right at that moment I said, you know what, uh, nah, I don't, I don't need this. So anyway, I gave up on it. But anyway, a lot of people haven't. It has become Netflix all-time number one uh, show. And true to form, Netflix actually is putting a promotion together. It's going on right now here in Malaysia at the Sunway Pyramid uh, Mall. And these are a ton of pictures uh, put up by John Goolidge over on Facebook. This is a public post. I, I don't share things that are not public. Uh, but these pictures are great. There's a there's actually these guys walking around uh, as part of the promotion. There you can see that uh, red light, green light doll. Uh, it's not as big as it looks in this picture, but it is quite big. And there you'll see the uh, the promotions here on the side for Netflix uh, Skid Game, uh, Squid Games. Skid Games. Oh, they've got stickers on the floors uh, for the lines to go in and out. Um there's a, a little temperature monitoring thing here. You can see the camera. And when it's live, this actually is what they use to monitor people's temperatures who are coming in and out of the mall. Um, yeah, Netflix Squid Games. There's uh, setting up some of the stuff there. One of their banners. These are just uh, models, just dummies. Um, well, then again, these might be dummies too. <laughs> Yeah, you see, it's not small. This is almost almost what looks like life-size with this doll. It's very cool. Um, there we go. Doing a little, a little touch-up paint, strange as that looks. This is actually really, really well done. This promotion is incredible. There's some of the, uh, some of the live characters. This is part of the Sunway Netflix promotional team, I assume. But this is insane. This is crazy. Look at this. Again, it's at uh, Sunway Pyramid if you want to check it out. My video's not playing where? Serena says my video's not playing. Hang on. Let me check things out here and see what the problem is. I'm okay on twitch.tv. Rumble's working. YouTube's okay. Facebook is the only one I haven't actually checked. But you know what? Facebook's been screwy lately anyway. Okay. Weird. Uh, Sabrina, uh, Serena, rather, it might be your uh, connection. JJ says it's okay on his end. All right. I'm not going to worry about it. If, if we lose you on Facebook, because sometimes Facebook has been so screwed up lately, just switch over to twitch.tv, my YouTube channel, J. Sheldon Malaysia. While you're there, please subscribe. And also rumble.com slash Sheldon. You'll find me over there. All right. You see these little remarks over here? Right here, right there. It's up on my video screen right now. It's from JJ Cha. Am I saying your name right, JJ Cha? I just call him JJ. But anyway, JJ is the coolest guy. He is one of the best, if not the best, 
boom operators and sound men in Malaysia. I have used him on a number of my shoots. I will continue to do that and uh, because he's one of the best. Great to work with, a lot of fun. And um, <laughs> I'm just going to share this. JJ, don't get mad at me. It's a public post. If it wasn't public, I wouldn't be sharing it, but I have to. Take a look at this. We just talked about the Squid Games. Huh? <laughs> yes. After winning all the games, JJ says, most of the money went to charity. I kept enough for myself to eat until my cheeks grew. Oh, and I got a haircut. <laughs> oh, man. This, honestly, JJ is, I believe he's Chinese and not Korean, which I assume the actor who is from Squid Games is. But if you take a look at these pictures, the similarity is remarkable. And I know JJ personally, as I told you, I've used him on my shoots. He's a great boom operator, a great sound man. And uh, yeah, he really does look at that. He really does look like the guy from Squid Games. Again, it's just a little funny thing, but I had to share it when I saw JJ post this. Um, yeah, I, you know, if you let your hair grow out, JJ, and maybe get a little bit of a perm so you've got the kind of little bit of curl in your in your otherwise pretty straight hair i think you nailed it pal you're all done for your halloween costume you are set <laughs> oh man nice job jj <laughs> thank you for thank you for the entertainment <laughs> that was insane <laughs> he says i'm balding it may not be possible <laughs> oh yeah well there's always a toupee do they still call them toupees men's wigs I don't know. Anyway, you can do it, JJ. If if this guy needs a stuntman or a stand-in, just have them call me. I will highly recommend you. <laughs> oh, man. That was fun. Hang on. Coffee break time. Mm. By the way, you see this? This is the Miko mug. There you go. It's got our show logo on the back. It's got Miko on the front. This is Miko Merchandise. We've got um, we got mouse pads like this one that I'm using. We got T-shirts, hats, hoodies. Go to Twitch.tv/jsheldonnopants. Go to the About page, and way over on the side you'll see Miko merch, Miko merchandise. You can pick up some stuff over there if you want. Cool, Mohanad the Mighty. <laughs> Welcome, Mohanad the Mighty. Good to see you. Good to have you. He says, Kolololo, make way for the king of Monos. Kolololo, lo, lo. Okay, there. <laughs> nice to have you in the stream, uh, Mohanad. Thanks for popping by. Oh, man. All right. Hey, the world of buzz. Once again, this is in the show notes if you want to read the whole article. But this was such a cool thing I wanted to share with you. A Malaysian who works as a street sweeper for 12 years can now speak 11 foreign languages. I'll tell you what, growing up in the U.S., we speak English, of course, in some areas Probably more Spanish is spoken in different dialects, Cuban Spanish, Mexican Spanish, uh, 
other places, different dialects of Spanish. But uh, most people in general speak English. They'll learn a second language, maybe in high school, a little bit of French, Spanish. Um, I was amazed when I came to Malaysia because a lot of, of people, young people, speak three languages. They speak uh, Bahasa Malaysia, Malay, BM. They speak English. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people are ashamed of how good their English is. I just had somebody uh, talk to me the other day when I was out on a walk with Miko and said, oh, I was going to answer your message, but my English isn't very good. And it's like, your English is fine. I can understand perfectly what you're saying. And her English really was. It was perfect English, but she was ashamed. She didn't think it was good enough. It's good enough. It's fine. I can understand you. But even some, uh, some Chinese folks here, and not exclusively Chinese, uh, but they speak a dialect of Chinese, usually Cantonese or Mandarin, or sometimes both. Uh, they speak English. They speak Bahasa. Most people here can speak fluently at least two and likely three languages. It's insane. It's incredibly great. The U.S. really ought to think about making sure that their kids grow up instead of worrying about critical racism theory and all that crap. Make sure they can speak at least a couple of languages. English and, say, Spanish would probably be the best idea. But this guy, check this guy out from World of Buzz. The link's in the show notes. Um, we live in a multilingual country. Locals speak languages ranging from Bahasa Malaysia to Mandarin, Tamil, the indigenous languages of Sabah and Sarawak. But one SWM environment sweeper decided to take the opportunity to learn the languages of the tourists he encountered in Mersing, in Johor. 42-year-old Mohammed Azizi Bahudin, who does cleaning work around Mersing city center and tourist hotspots, can now say that he speaks 11 foreign languages. He speaks German, Spanish, Italian, Japanese, Chinese, Dutch, Norwegian, Danish, Ukrainian, Czech, and Russian. Wow! Here's the guy learning from tourists who preferred speaking in their national language. Um, he was a father of one, took an interest in learning foreign languages after he noticed that tourists preferred to speak in their mother tongue rather than English. And before the pandemic, he started as a sweeper and would often meet forest, foreign tourists who wanted to go on holidays. Spent a lot of time at the Mersing Public Transport Terminal and uh, waiting for their trip to the nearby islands. So he always stopped and referred to by foreign tourists to get information. Now he can basically speak the very rudimentary, but nevertheless, a basic conversation he can hold in 11 different languages and that is amazing and there is the guy and wow you're right Mohammed it is incredible fantastic that is just the coolest absolutely amazing all right I got one more thing to share for you and then uh, share with you and then we're going to move on to our book we've done about 30 minutes of this craziness I saw this 
somebody posted in one of the groups that I'm in, but it's a public post. Um, it is such a cool idea. Let me show you the picture that goes along with this. There you go. And yeah, I know it looks a little weird, doesn't it? This is somebody who has taken all the pits from this looks like a peach pit. Maybe this is, it looks like apricot and all the pits from inside the fruits and put them into a container. Why? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Here's the idea. When you eat a fruit, don't throw the seeds in the garbage pipeline. Wash them, dry them out, and put them in a box and put it in your car. Now, some of you are going to think this is a bit weird, but it's not littering. It really isn't. When you're on your way to wherever you're headed next time, take a seed and toss it out the window into some grassy area, some place with, you know, not obviously not on the sidewalk or the road, but take it and throw it out the window into some side of the road grass area. Nature will take care of the rest. You pick a spot that doesn't have any trees. In Asian countries, apparently this practice has existed for centuries. I've never heard of it, nor have I ever seen it being done. Um, but it says here that's why now their fruits grow everywhere. I'm not so sure that's the case in Malaysia. Although in front of a lot of our houses, we have things like mango trees, uh, papaya trees. My neighbor across the street has a papaya tree. My neighbor to the uh, left of me, right behind me here, has got a big mango tree in the front of his house. In fact, it's in season right now. It's full of mangoes. And so I love this idea. When you, you know, Just don't throw those pits away. Apricots, peaches, whatever it might be. Plums. Wash them up. Let them dry. And stick them in a box in your car. And then the next time you're at some place where you see some grass and you don't see any trees or anything, toss one out the window. And like the post said, Nature will take care of the rest. Next thing you know, in a year or two down the road, you'll be maybe eating your own peaches. <laughs> Wait, that didn't come out right, did it? Yeah, never mind. <coughs> okay. <laughs> Not a bad idea, actually. Oh, man. Where is this going? Okay. Uh, it's time for our book. Before we do that, I'll just encourage you one more time to help support the show at patreon.com slash Jay Sheldon if you'd like to uh, sign up and and uh, give us a little a little support over there at Patreon. We also want to hat tip and say hi to the Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org. That's where we get all of our books that we read, and we have done a ton of them. You will find them all on our YouTube channel, but you can only get access if you're a Patreon of Jay Sheldon over at patreon.com. At level two, you get access to all of our books that have been cut out of the show and put into chapter form, all separated. We've done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, uh, Peter Pan, you name it. We've done a ton of them. And right now we are doing H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds. Why do I keep popping that one up? I don't know why that keeps coming up. It's so strange. Wait, okay. Wait, no, we don't want that one either. <laughs> Although the Malaysian flag is pretty nice to see. Do we want that? No, we don't want that one. What is this one? 
Okay, cut that one out. How about this one? Cut this one out. This is from a segment I did a while ago. Uh, and pop this one in. There we go. There. That's the front cover. Whoops, that's the front cover to The War of the Worlds. Long live Malaysia. Yes, indeed. Yay, rah, rah, Malaysia, bole. <laughs> okay, here it goes. This is the... Um, this is The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, originally published back in 1897. We are on Chapter 17. We're about halfway through Chapter 17. And um, we left off at a rather interesting place. The Martians have pretty much taken over London, and it looks like they're going other places too. Hey, Luna, good to have you here. All right, Chapter 17... Part two. At the sight of the sea, Mrs. Ethelstone, in spite of the assurances of her sister-in-law, gave way to panic. She'd never been out of England before. She'd rather die than trust herself friendless in a foreign country and so forth. She seemed, poor woman, to imagine that the French and the Martians might prove very similar. She had been growling increasingly hysterical fearful and depressed through the two days' journey. Her great idea was to return to Stanmore. Things had always been well and safe at Stanmore. They would find George at Stanmore. It was with great difficulty that they could get her down to the beach, where presently my brother succeeded in attracting the attention of some men on a paddle steamer from the Thames. They sent a boat and drove a bargain for 36 pounds for the three. The steamer was going, these men said, to Ostend. It was about two o'clock when my brother, having paid their fare at the gangway, found himself safely aboard the steamboat with his charges. There was food aboard, albeit at exorbitant prices, and three of them contrived to eat a meal on one of the seats forward. There were already a couple of score of passengers aboard, some of whom had expended their last money in securing a passage, but the captain lay off the black water until five in the afternoon, picking up passengers until the seated decks were even dangerously crowded. He would probably have remained longer had it not been for the sound of guns that began about that hour in the south. As if in answer, the ironclad seaward fired a small pellet gun and hoisted a string of flags. A jet of smoke sprang out of her funnels. Some of the passengers were of the opinion that this firing came from shoeburiness, until it was noticed that it was growing louder. At the same time, far away in the southeast, the masts and upper works of three ironclads rose one after another out of the sea. Beneath clouds of black smoke, but my brother's attention speedily reverted to the distant firing in the south. He fancied he saw a column of smoke rising of the distant gray haze. The little steamer was already flapping her way eastward of the big crescent of shipping, and the low Essex coast was growing blue and hazy when a Martian appeared, small and faint in the remote distance, advancing along the muddy coast from the direction of foulness. 
At that, the captain on the bridge swore at the top of his voice with fear and anger at his own delay, and the paddles seemed infected with his terror. Every soul aboard stood at the bulwarks or on the seats of the steamer and stared at that distant shape, higher than the trees or church towers inland, and advancing with a leisurely parody of a human stride. It was the first Martian my brother had seen, and he stood more amazed than terrified, watching this titan advancing deliberately toward the shipping, wading farther and farther into the water as the coast fell away. Then, far away, beyond the crouch, came another, striding over some stunted trees, and then yet another, still further off, wading deeply through a shiny mud-flat that seemed to hang halfway between the sea and the sky. They were all stalking seaward as if to intercept the escape of the multitudinous vessels that were crowded between Falness and the Naz, in spite of the throbbing exertions of the engines of the little paddle-boat and the pouring foam that her wheels flung behind her, she receded with terrifying slowness from this ominous advance. Glancing northwestward, my brother saw the large crescent of shipping already writhing with the approaching terror. One ship passing behind another, another coming round from broadside to end on, steamships whistling hither and thither. He was so fascinated by this and by the creeping danger away to the left that he had no eyes for anything seaward. And then a swift movement of the steamboat, she had suddenly come round to being uh, avoid being run down, flung him headlong from the seat upon which he was standing. There was a shouting all about him, a trampling of feet, and a cheer that seemed to be answered faintly. The steamboat lurched and rolled him over on his hands. He sprang to his feet and saw to starboard, not a hundred yards from their heeling, pitching boat, a vast iron bulk like the blade of a plow tearing through the water, tossing out on either side in huge waves of foam that leaped toward the steamer flinging her paddles helplessly in the air, and then sucked her deck down almost to the waterline. A douche of spray blinded my brother for a moment. When his eyes were clear again, he saw the monster had passed and was rushing landward. Big iron upperworks rose out of this headlong structure, and from that twin funnels projected and spat a smoking blast shot with fire. It was the torpedo ram, Thunderchild, steaming headlong coming to the rescue of the threatened shipping. Keeping his footing on the heaving deck by clutching the bulwarks, my brother looked past this charging leviathan at the Martians again, and he saw three of them now close together, standing so far out to sea that their tripod supports were almost completely submerged Thus sunken and seen in remote perspective, they appeared far less formidable than the huge iron bulk in whose wake the steamer was pitching so helplessly. It would seem they were regarding this new antagonist with astonishment. To their intelligence, it may be, the giant was even such another as themselves, 
the Thunder Child fired no gun, but simply drove full speed right towards them. It was probably her not firing that enabled her to get so near the enemy as she did. They did not know what to make of her. One shell, and they would have sent her to the bottom forthwith with the heat ray. She was steaming at such a pace that in a minute she seemed halfway between the steamboat and the Martians, a diminishing black bulk against the receding horizontal expanse of the Essex coast. Suddenly, the foremost Martian lowered his tube and discharged a canister of the black gas at the ironclad. It hit her larboard side and glanced off in an inky jet that rolled away to seaward, an unfolding torrent of black smoke from which the ironclad drove clear. To the watchers from the steamer low in the water and with sun in their eyes, it seemed as though she were already among the Martians. They saw the gaunt figures separating and rising out of the water as they retreated shoreward, and one of them raised the camera-like generator of the heat ray. He pointed it obliquely downward, and a bank of steam sprang from the water at its touch. It must have driven through the iron of the ship's side like a white hot rod through paper. A flicker of flame went up through the rising steam, and then... The Martian reeled and staggered. In another moment, he was cut down, and a great body of water and steam shot high into the air. The guns of the Thunder Child sounded through the reek, going off one after another, and one shot splashed the water high, close by the steamer, ricocheted towards the other flying ships to the north, and smashed a smack to matchwood. But no one heeded that very much. And the sight of the Martians collapsed, the captain on the bridge yelled inarticulately, and all the crowding passengers on the steamer's stern shouted together. And then they yelled again, for surging out beyond the white tumult drove something long and black, the flames steaming from its middle parts, its ventilators and funnels spouting fire. She was still alive. The steering gear, it seems, was intact, and her engines working. She headed straight for a second Martian, was within a hundred yards when the heat ray came to bear. Then, with a violent thud, a blinding flash, her decks, her funnels leapt upward. The Martian staggered with the violence of her explosion, and, in another moment, the flaming wreckage, still driving forward with the impetus of its pace, had struck him and crumpled him up like a thing of cardboard. My brother shouted involuntarily, a bolt tumult of steam hid everything again. Two, yelled the captain. Everyone was shouting. The whole steamer from end to end rang with frantic cheering that was taken up by first one and then all in the crowd, multitude of ships and boats that was driving out to sea. The steam hung upon the water for many minutes, including hiding the third Martian and the coast altogether. And all this time, the boat was paddling steadily out to sea and away from the fight. And when at last the confusion cleared, the drifting bank of black vapor intervened, and nothing of the Thunder Child could be made out 
nor could the third Martian be seen. But the ironclads to seaward were now quite close, and standing in toward the shore past the steamboat. The little vessel continued to beat its way seaward, and the ironclads receded slowly towards the coast, which was hidden still by a marbled bank of vapor, part steam, part black gas, eddying and combining in the strangest way. The fleet of refugees was scattered to the northeast. Several smacks were sailing between the ironclads and the steamboats, and after a time, and before they reached the sinking cloud bank, the warships turned northward, then abruptly went about and passed into the thickening haze of evening southward. The coast grew faint, and at last indistinguishable among the low banks of clouds that were gathering about the sinking sun. And then, suddenly, out of the golden haze of the sunset, came the vibration of guns and a form of black shadows moving. Everyone struggled to the rail of the steamer and peered into the blinding, blinding furnace of the west. But nothing was to be distinguished clearly. A mass of smoke rose slanting and barred the face of the sun. The steamboat throbbed on its way through an indeterminable suspense. The sun sank into gray clouds the sky flushed and darkened. The evening star trembled into sight. It was deep twilight when the captain cried out and pointed. My brother's eyes strained. Something rushed up into the sky out of the grayness, rushed slantingly upward and very swiftly into the luminous clearness above the clouds in the western sky. Something flat and broad and very large that swept round in a vast curve, grew smaller, sank slowly, and vanished again into the gray mystery of the night. And as it flew, it rained down darkness upon the land. And that's the end of chapter 17 from book one. Book two begins on our next stream. Book two is called The Earth Under the Martians. Chapter one, Underfoot. Wow. Dang. That's exciting. <laughs> All right, folks. Amazing. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for your subscriptions. Please hit like. If you're really being gen generous, hit share, uh, make a comment, subscribe, whatever it is, hit those buttons. Appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Sheldon if you want to help support the show with a small donation. I will see you again on Saturday night for another I'm Not Wearing Pants live stream. For those of you who have downloaded and listened in on our podcast, Thank you so much for doing that. And by the way, don't forget to check out our friend uh, Debbie Wright and her podcast, Never Too Late. You can check that out right here on the same platform you're listening to I'm Not Wearing Pants podcast. Mm, until Saturday. Thanks, gang. I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. Have a good night.